y dos. Y dos. Una. Y dos. Y dos. Hello and welcome to Cortez NYC Livestream, the podcast. This show broadcasts twice a week out of New York City. We are your hosts, Cortez NYC. En Tala de Puerto Rico. And on the show, we talk about art, creativity, city life. From a Latino perspective, I'm a visual artist. And I'm a singer. And this is episode 55, Art is Revolution. As always, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and Spotify, and also on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. And this episode, a special episode, we have a guest. We haven't had a guest in a while. We have Nia and Dino talking to us via phone. And uh, we have a nice conversation with her. What do we talk about with her? Yeah, she spoke and we spoke to her about her art, her most recent show, and also her background, and whatever is going on in society and in our world. Yeah, we, talk, we touched a little bit on politics, a little bit on culture. Yeah. Uh, so this is interesting, you guys. So we have our guest Nia and Dino. Yes. And Dino Styles. So Nia, why don't you give yourself a little introduction? Go ahead. Tell us who you are and what you do. Uh, my name is Nia and Dino. I am a visual artist and poet. I also work in a creative industry in the interior design field. All right. Um, and you and I go way back. We know each other how many years now? What do you think, roughly? Roughly, probably like. Ten. Wow. Damn. <laughs> Time flies. Wow. Yeah. I was I was gonna guess like six or something. <laughs> wow, ten. Oh. It has been that long, right? Yeah, it's been about nine or ten years. That's incredible. Wow. Wow. Um, so I mean, I'm a big fan of your work. Um, we've done projects together. I think uh, for the people out there who might not know her work, go check her out on Instagram right now <laughs> as we're talking look at her look at her images your instagram is andino styles right yes yeah check out her instagram while we're talking and i'll definitely repost some of her images on our instagram um but i'm a big fan of your work um i always feel like your work um how can i describe it it's cultural uh i think more now in in your in the stuff that i've seen in the I guess in the past five years, I'll, I'll chop it in <laughs> half, five years, uh, I've seen more of like your poetry coming through, uh, subjects and content that are kind of poetic. They're kind of like things that make you think and, and make you feel. And I think that's really good. It's a good um, evolution, I feel. Just from an outsider looking at your work, I feel like I've, in this time period, already seen a little bit of an evolution. How do you feel about your work? Is it Are you trying to do that? Are you mixing cultural with poetry and, and subjects like that? I know you do a lot of writing. I do. I haven't really mixed poetry and art visually. Okay. Um, but I do feel that they kind of complement each other. And I have evolved with the themes that I talk about in my poetry and also with my art. I feel like they play off of each other. Yeah. So that that pushes both of those avenues. Yeah, I think that's what I'm picking up on is the themes. Um, all right, well, so why don't we talk about this show that you're in? Uh, we managed to catch up with you. Haven't seen you in a long time, and we caught up with you at this show. That is, uh, it's Uptown, right? Yes. What's the it's, name of the uh, show? Well, it's called Art is Revolution, and it's at Sandonga Dance Company. Mm -hmm. So the address is 
So it's kind of like you're peeking in at a moment and the whole concept behind it was in the past. And these two pieces kind of contrast each other because the whole bomba thing, it was when the enslaved Africans would meet, this was kind of how they would have their conversation and how they would plan things to have revolts and uprisings. So that was kind of like the inspiration behind this piece. And that piece was kind of looking at the past while the other piece looks towards the future. I like that. I like that. See, now that you explained that, that's pretty cool. (laughs) And what was the the, um, title again? Defiende lo tuyo. Defiende lo tuyo, right. All right, yeah, that's nice. So, So in these two pieces, mixed media. You're, yeah. you're definitely mixing it all up. Um, have you been doing that for a while now? And maybe I just hadn't realized it? I've done it in a few other pieces, but not a lot. Um, I, I think when I came to this project, I wanted to like do something different and push it. I feel the last piece that I did was for a show last year, and I made a piece with a acrylic cube. So that was like my first real attempt at doing three-dimensional. Okay. So from there, I think I kind of wanted, like, got the little bug of trying to do it more. All right. Um, so why don't why don't you give us a little background on like how you got into into painting? I mean, what came first, writing or painting? Hmm. Probably, well, drawing. When I was a kid, I always used to. I grew up in Queens, right near Flushing Meadow Park. So when I was a kid, I would always go to the park and sketch. And I continued drawing and then I eventually applied to an art high school and then I studied art there for three years. And then I went to college and I got an interior design degree. And so in all of that, I had some painting lessons when I was in high school, but then in college, I didn't really do it. And then it was for a few years that I wasn't doing any of that. And uh, a friend that was from high school she would always invite me to her art shows and eventually i went to one and then that got me into painting again nice and then your writing how did your writing evolve when i was young i played around with writing a little bit but then when i was in college i took a poetry class and i really enjoyed it but then i didn't really get back into writing until almost the same time that I got back into painting because there was a writer's group that I saw posted online and I started attending those and we would do like weekly or monthly group writing sessions and I started going to a lot of poetry events in the city and it kind of evolved from there. And and you've also performed some of your poetry. I know I haven't seen you perform one yet but I've seen photos. Yes, I performed, I've done a couple of um, solo performances and then last year I was part of a group performance. There was a there was a group that we wrote and then we made an anthology of our writing and then we had a performance of the writing. So it was a whole group show. What kind of themes? Uh, the themes range, we had like four to five weeks of workshops and each week was kind of a different theme that ranged from nature to spirituality to like ancestral things and things that we experienced growing up and things that we experienced in our adulthood so i think it came together really well okay um let me ask you this and i don't know if i've asked you this before but um you know you've always done like really 
spiritual and cultural and, and like these kind of themes in your work, whether it's your writing or your art. How did you get into that? Or who inspired you to get into that? Now, I, I know that you're at least, uh, it's got to be in your family, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. How'd you get into that? Uh, well, the majority of my family is from the Caribbean. Uh, they're Puerto Rican and then from the Virgin Islands. And so growing up, I was always around a lot of creativity and culture and, and stuff that was kind of deep within the culture of the Caribbean. And I also kind of felt growing up, I didn't really see a lot of those images reflected to me in the arts. Mm. And I always wanted to see more of that myself. And as I got to know other artists, and really I feel like in high school, because when I was uh, in elementary and junior high, I went to a school that didn't really have a lot of diversity. Mm. And I felt like I experienced more of that in high school and college. And from there, I learned a lot more about culture, but not only my culture and other cultures, but seeing more of it expressed, really. Yeah. And I think that's just kind of what made me want to do that myself. Very cool. Very cool. So <clears throat> you said your, your background is Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands. And yes. I, I'm sure you travel there a lot. Ah, it's been almost 10 years since I've been to Puerto Rico. Oh, wow. And I see the last time I've been to the Virgin Islands was like 95. Oh, wow. How do you, how do you, um, see like, so I'm going to get into a personal question here, but like, you know, because we, we've talked about, and I've talked with other friends about like the islands and in the islands you have the stereotype of the cliche that the islands are all Spanish. But then yeah. it depends who you're talking to. Some people say, no, the islands are all, you know, more African or like, you know, like the J- Jamaica or Haiti or things like that. And yeah, like, yeah. it's just like a mixture. How do you mm-hmm. see the islands? How do you see that? Being that you're from both Puerto Rico, the Virgin Islands, you probably have a different experience or a different outlook. Um, I think there are different cultures and backgrounds reflected on the islands. You know, like in the Virgin Islands, they have ways of calling different people. Like there's history because of the ownership that has been there for years. Before it was bought from the U.S., it was under Danish control. It was under seven flags. Wow. So there's a lot of mixture in certain backgrounds of people. But I feel like the majority of the English-speaking islands, they do have more of like an African background mixed with some native and then an influence of whoever was like ruled as a colonizer mm-hmm. right and have you ever, have you ever felt pressure to identify one way or the other because I, I would imagine especially in new york between yeah it's like you're puerto rican or you're dominican yeah or <laughs> yeah you are from jamaica or you're from yeah uh, yeah Trinidad. exactly exactly <laughs> I just claim like Caribbean because I feel like it's all part of the Caribbean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and then if somebody asks me like more specific, I'll say both. But like I don't claim one over the other. Gotcha. Okay. All right. That's the way to do it. And and I've seen you. I saw photos of you. You were at one of the parades. I've been in both parades. <laughs> Which parades? So why don't you tell me about your parade history here? <laughs> Well, I've marched in the Puerto Rican Day Parade twice. Okay. Um, 
one time with uh, Defend Puerto Rico mm -hmm. and one time with Capicu Culture. Okay. And then for the West Indian Day Parade last year was my first time being in that. My cousin convinced me because he does it every year. <laughs> <laughs> I finally was like, okay, I'll do it. I did the Puerto Rican Day Parade, so I should do this one. So last year I was a uh, played mass, as they say, and dressed up in costume and did the parade. Yeah. What What did you say? What was the word? Play mass, like masquerade. So you call it mass oh, for short. Oh, mass. Play mass. Okay. Yeah, I saw you had feathers and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you were well adorned. Yeah. I still have them. Yeah? So was it fun or what? Was it? Were you nervous or was it just a good time? Well, I was nervous because it was my first time and I didn't know anybody else and I couldn't find my cousin because he showed up late. Yeah. Uh, so, so, he, so I was he, kind of like marching by myself. He, for, uh, he convinces you but then doesn't show up, huh? <laughs> nice. Yeah, so I ended up meeting him towards the end of the parade. But it was fun. It was a fun experience to like be on the inside and just kind of like you have this huge truck blasting music and you're dancing like the whole time and they're giving out like free ice pops and food bags and everybody's just like having fun. Yeah, that must be fun. Yeah. Well, as a Puerto Rican myself, right? Um, I've seen that you keep in touch also with movements like Defend Puerto Rico and stuff like that, like to help the island itself. Mm -hmm. And I wonder how do you relate? How do you keep up with whatever is happening in the island, being that you're here in New York, um, you haven't been back in the island for in 10 years. Um, how do you keep up with the information that is happening down there? And then also, Um, why do you feel the need to, you know, keep up with your culture? Sometimes people just forget about it and they keep living their lives being American and being New Yorkers, but they forget about their background. So what, what gives you that urgency to know more about what's happening in the island? Well, I have been in touch with a number of groups that go back and forth to the island and and so through social media especially mm -hmm. being friends with these people you know they tell me things that are going on on the island things yeah. that don't necessarily come out in the news and their first-hand experiences which i trust more than the little leaks of information that i hear you know like on a radio or in the news or something like that yeah mm -hmm. so That, I feel, is how I stay connected to knowing what's going on and know what's really happening to people. Yeah. Um, other than that, well, like, I... And so what's, what's, the, what's the drive? What drives you to, to be more informed? Well, I feel like that's where my family is from. And, you know, I still have family that live on both islands. Okay. There you so, go. Yeah. Even though I haven't been back, I know these things affect them. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, that's what makes it important to me, other than just like, you know, I feel like all of the people are my people too, even if it's not just my family. It's like, it's just everything. No, yeah. I, I hear that. Yeah. All right. I mean, so in, in this art show, what was the name of the art show again? Art is Revolution? Yes. Art is Revolution. In this art show, I saw a lot of political pieces. Yeah. And, and relating to the 
Puerto Rican political background. And yeah. Else. yeah, yeah, there was a uh, who's the guy Albizu Campos. Albizu Campos. That was yeah. a really mm-hmm. nice portrait of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one, yeah. that one stood out to me as well. Not to say that it was better than yours. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying that. Don't get me wrong now. But but it was it was a very good piece. It was well done and um, not well done that it was photo real. It was well done that it looked appropriate for the subject. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looked really well. Uh, it fit perfectly the technique. Um, and then I saw some other ones that were like about the wall yeah. and a little more revolutionary stuff as well. Let me ask you this. How do you, how did you, how do you feel about the show, about the, uh, the voice of the entire show? Well, I think actually the word revolution is open to interpretation because everybody has a different kind of fight. Right. So... You know, for one person, a revolution may have to do with something that's more political. And for somebody else, it might have to do with something that's closer to home, more personal. Gotcha. And so the interpretations can be reflected in different ways in the art. So I feel like it's all valid. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, I didn't know what to make of it when I saw the the flyer and I saw the the subject. I was like, (laughs) well, I'm not sure what I'm going to see there. Yeah. and, but I did get, you know, the minute you walk in, you get bombarded with imagery and mm-hmm. you're just taking it all in and you definitely feel struggle. You feel topics that are, you know, cultural. And then you also feel the political stuff. And now that you pointed out, yeah, there was some personal stuff there as well. Um, I think it was a good show. Who organized the show? Uh, it was organized by Mia Roman. Mia? She, Mia, yep. Okay. She had put out a call, I think, for art. I think maybe... Like a month, a month and a half ago. Okay. And put up the show this week. And it'll be up for a month. May I, let me ask you this. How, I don't think that I've seen you do a lot of political pieces. Like outright uh, governmental political. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, but what do you think about the politics right now in the United States? What do you think about all this stuff going on? What's your take? Do you try to avoid it, or do you just take it in, or do you let it bounce off of you? What do you What do you do? I try to avoid it, and it's funny you bring this up because I shared a post today about something that happened at work. <laughs> um, uh, I I work at different places, so the place that I work today, I'm not there every day, mm-hmm. and they were organizing a party, and they were also having a food drive. So there was somebody that was in the kitchen area who was stacking cans into boxes for the food drive. And I was in the other room and I heard him say, I'm building a wall because President Trump isn't. <laughs> because President Trump is not? Right. I don't think. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he would say it, he said it at least three times, like, I People who were walking by, he was saying it as he was stacking the cans. Yeah. And he would say it and then laugh afterward. And nobody was responding to right. him that I heard. Like, nobody laughed at it. Nobody said anything mm-hmm. in response. But it really bothered me because he said it so nonchalant. And I made a post about it. And all these people commented with their opinions, telling me I need to go to HR and report him. Right, and... you, need to get, you, need to, you need to activate. You need to get active. <laughs> Protest. Or, you know, they were giving me other suggestions of like throwing a cup at his head and like doing physical <laughs> Don't do things. That. To him. Don't do that. <laughs> no. Bad advice. 
so um but the thing is i didn't know who it was because i heard it from another room and uh-huh. when i went back outside i never saw who said it because he wasn't there anymore right uh, okay so i did say something to hr even though i couldn't say who did it but just you know that i felt like it was an insensitive thing for him to say yeah yeah you know and the fact that nobody else responded when he was saying it you know that probably made other people feel uncomfortable too exactly and i'm not there every day so i don't know what his personality was somebody suggested maybe he was being anti-trump sarcastic yeah yeah Uh, that's what i was thinking that maybe he just wanted to get some attention it's like i'm here bored doing this and let me just say this bs (laughs) to get people to see me i don't know some people are like that they have those kind of personalities that they want to say something crazy and i feel those are the worst ones because they they start controversy there's nothing behind it yeah exactly Exactly. yeah Uh, that sucks no that's that's the worst um Man, that reminds me of all these years that I've I've been, you know, working in, in different companies mm-hmm. and dealing with people that, um, I think when I first started, way back when, Nia, you were just a child. You two, <laughs> I, I don't think you were I even, wasn't even in... You weren't no, even on the planet. No. I wasn't even a thought. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I remember starting at companies that... Um, were predominantly white mm-hmm. and uh if they weren't predominantly white they were they were mixed but very american you know uh, i would always say like uh the only other spanish people that i would see were the, the ones either cleaning yeah at the end of the night or the ones in the factory you know packing up the t-shirts mm-hmm. and and it, it was in the beginning I, I didn't notice it but after a while of being in the industry i was like wow this is a, a real thing like this is a thing that's happening and i remember my first i think my first two years in one of the companies i was back then like i was people really didn't give a shit the attitude at, at, at the workspace was like ah you say whatever the fuck you want you know and and the attitude was like it's all jokes and we can all just joke I, especially back then howard stern was a big thing Nia, I'm sure you remember Howard Stern. Back, yeah. yeah. And he was a big thing. And, and he was pretty much training everybody over the media to be rude. Hmm. You know, like that's it. Like it's funny to be, you know, uh, offensive. Yeah. You know, it's funny. And I remember I got hit right up the gate with like offensive jokes in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And I would ignore them. And I would just be like, all right, whatever. And I would laugh them off. And it was like, I would get the Mexican jokes and I would get the Spanish whatever jokes, and yeah. I would, you know. Um, and and I would, I would laugh them off. I would laugh them off. I would even get Puerto Rican jokes. Uh, the, oh, like crazy Puerto Rican, something, something, something. And I'd be like, yeah. look at me. You know what I mean? <laughs> and um, I mean, that would, that would never fly now. But, and, it, yeah. I, and I think that what we're seeing in, this, in, in social media and with this whole like backlash and this Trump nonsense is that you, you see a little bit of a return of that. Like, people feel like now it's funny. Yeah. You know, like, they want to make the offensive joke because they want to try yeah. to, to kind of bring that back. And and I think it's a mistake. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it should be like that. Um, I, I remember back then when I finally, you know, it was, it was I forgot what it was that the guy said, but it finally got to a point where I was like, I got to say something. And he got offended because I said something. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I told him, I was like, hey, you know, like... I, you know, your jokes and whatever, like, that's not for me. Like, I just left it like that. I was like, that's not for me. Like, just, 
If you're gonna say your joke, say it somewhere else. Yeah. And he acted offended as if I'm stopping him from, <laughs> like I'm trying to control him. And I'm like, dude, we all work here. Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and, and he was like an Italian guy that just, his, his mentality was just like, you know, this is me, this is that, take me how I am and mm -hmm. that's it. And you gotta take it too. And uh, uh, toughen up, get, get thicker skin. <laughs> Uh, like, like, you know, so because because I was getting offended and I wasn't really personally getting offended. It was just offensive that the guy kept doing it and that I felt like people might misinterpret like this is OK. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like I started feeling like other people are going to come in here. And they're not going to know that you're joking mm -hmm. and they're going to think that this is just the way it is, that you're you're allowed to just walk around and bash other people. And, and I remember when I when I like spoke up and he got all like weird about it and it got confrontational and I was like, wow, this is work. Yeah. This is a work environment. And it took Yeah. Yeah, right? And, and and then it took a couple of years to eventually, you know, me changing jobs and whatever and, and society kinda changed a bit and I think work environments changed a lot. Mm -hmm. Um they were very sexist too back in the day. Yeah. They were very mm -hmm. sexist. There was a lot of like sexist mentality that I would hear and, and see. And, and I saw, I've seen that kind of fizzle down as well. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, if, if this happened now at a workplace, you know, like what you just described, I, I'm sure somebody would say something and be like, what the hell? Yeah. You know, and at least, at least, I, I don't agree with fighting with the person, but at least talking to them and saying like, you know what you're doing is inappropriate or something, you know, mm -hmm. like bringing it to his attention. No. Well, some other people were, were saying you never know who you're dealing with also. Right. Like, you know, somebody could be confrontational yeah. about yeah. it. You know, there are a lot of things that happen in the workplace now that you hear more about than you used to. Yeah. So you never yeah. know what somebody's reaction is going to be. And I don't know. I don't really know the, whoever said it. I don't really know him like that. So I don't know if people just kind of brush him off. Like he's that type of person and maybe that's why they just didn't say anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, there's nothing wrong with what he's saying. Like he's not a, he's not dropping a racial slur. Yeah. Right. I think that's what makes it even more annoying. And, exactly. I, and that's what they do. And I, I said that passive aggressive kind of like uh, fucking racial, you know, comment yeah, yeah, yeah. that you know what they're coming, you know where they're coming from. And you're like, why are you, why are you like even tiptoeing around it? Mm -hmm. You know, like why don't, why, what's wrong? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. This whole thing with the, we, we've been talking uh, in in the previous episodes about the caravan and the, uh, the immigrants coming up and, yeah, and I, I, I don't know. Like now they're saying, like I was watching the news and they were saying like now the news has disappeared about it. No, of course. It was all the way up to the elections. Our... It was up to the elections, and now it's gone. Yeah, Trump used that <laughs> for the elections, and that was it. That was all he wanted. You know, and and like the same thing with this build the wall shit. Like yeah. as soon as he's not in, a president anymore, and that's not an issue, it's gonna it's be, gonna disappear. Yeah, BS. yeah. It's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So something. I mean, it wasn't similar to what you said, uh, Nia, but I was. I was having lunch in the break room at my job, right? And I had like my headphones on, but I wasn't listening to anything, so I could hear everything that everybody else was talking about. And there were two guys that they work in the alterations department. I work in a luxury store, whatever. Uh, so they were just talking about the Kavanaugh uh, 
hearings and oh the Kavanaugh, yeah. Yeah, and how he was responding and and then one there were two guys, um, Latino men. So one is from Ecuador and the other one is from Dominican Republic. And they were just talking and blah blah and then they were basically saying, Oh yeah, because something that happens years ago, why why do they have to bring that up? And you know, someone that came up and apologized for it and said that they were wrong and now they're just saying like they're sorry, it should be okay. And I was over here just biting my tongue because I don't want to get into that conversation with them because I know it's not going to get nowhere. Yeah. And yeah. But what they were saying, they were so misinformed that I was like, wow, this is terrible. And it's more because, you know, that machismo Latino that is like, well, he was a man. He lo hizo cuando era un niño and it doesn't matter. And it's like, what are you talking about? But he's going to represent a lot of people and he's going to decide for... in in the life of other people yeah so yeah that's tough when it gets to those kind of conversations and situations where you don't know if you really should get into <coughs> that kind of trouble and confrontation because why well well let's would you do it uh, let's let's go beyond the workplace and nia i'm sure I, I i'm sure somebody in your family has to have confronted you about some dumb topic Oh, yeah. I, I can't. I, I'm sure that this is also affecting families. You know, not politically. My family has always been about standing up for rights. Okay. Um. So there's not anything that I feel like we all have an issue or disagree with, but it's not something we talk about either. Right. You know, it's just kind of like, oh, life is continuing on. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know? like, like in my family, there's a couple of people that play devil's advocate, and it, it's annoying. Oh yeah. Like they'll they'll come in and like there'll be a hot topic, something that's in the news, mm -hmm. and they'll come in on the other side, <laughs> just to be like, <laughs> you know, just to be like, well, you know, you gotta keep an open mind. Yeah. And and I feel like we're in the we're kind of in the place right now where where these topics are not open mind topics anymore. No. They're not gray. It's very black and white. You know clearly where you should stand. Yeah. And when yeah. people still play devil's advocate, you're like, you know this is not that kind of topic. Like yeah. it's not that thing where it's kinda of shady. Like mm -hmm. you know exactly where you should be. Why why are you playing devil's advocate with this? Like <laughs> And yeah. It, it, yeah, I have I have people like that in my family. They don't know how to look for more information other than what they're getting from the news. So they just get that and they start talking and talking and I just have to either explain what it is or just let them talk and don't say anything because it's it's like it's not it's going to go nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it, all this information in the media and and the fact that the leaders are are, are saying such crazy crap now like Yeah. It it causes it causes confusion right it causes disruption it makes people say crazy shit to each other yeah <laughs> and, then they, and then they say no i didn't do that no i didn't do that i'm not affecting people of course mm -hmm. you are you're the leaders <laughs> you're the people that that kind of i mean it's it, i don't know if it's the right way for society to be but society does pay attention to what the people on tv do yep and mm -hmm. if, if they're saying crazy shit then people then, think it's all right uh-huh they start be saying crazy. some crazy shit <laughs> politics politics i know well somebody that commented on my thread they were kind of playing the devil's advocate with it because they were like oh how do you know he didn't mean it exactly in a sarcastic exactly. way exactly. Mm -hmm. like you know maybe he was being anti-trump when he said it 
and you know was was saying it in a sarcastic way and all of us well me and like two other people were saying it doesn't matter yeah. how he mm-hmm. you know intended it he said it he shouldn't have said it period yeah you know and then he got into this whole thing about uh and i've heard this before too about people not feeling like they can say what they want to say like they have to censor themselves now yeah. because everybody's so sensitive right yeah and so he was, you know, he's like, oh, so you can't talk about this with people now? <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> no, no, you can't. No, you know what we should say. You should say the right thing. Don't say the wrong thing. <laughs> I, I, it's you like, I, I do want to shake those people and say, say the right thing. Yeah. I know, I know the other side of it is they might be like, well, you're imposing the your first, thoughts. First Amendment? Yeah, you're imposing your thoughts on those people. Yeah. But I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's that thing that where you write ends, the other one starts. So let's say if you want to say whatever craziness you want to say, then you have to understand that the other person is going to say whatever craziness they want to say, and it can be against you. So I don't, you know what I mean? So if you want to be crazy, then you have to what? Devil, just take de- the craziness from the other person. Devil's advocate type personalities. Those people mm-hmm. that like to play devil's advocate, they love confrontation. So, so if so if, if you're going to argue with them then and you're not an argumentative person, you're wasting your time. Yeah. Right? Because you're, you're walking into their world. Yeah. You're walking into a world of an argument. And they, that's what they want. They, they're, and they're, they're trolling you. They're they waiting for that. They don't get tired. No, oh, no, they don't get tired. No. <laughs> oh, and so they're blue in their face. They'll just keep going. And, and, and make you look like you're the crazy one. Exactly. Oh, my God. <laughs> Facebook. Listen, Facebook, I've been, I've been kind of like we- weaning off of it. I really have not been logging on. I, I, it was mostly because of my phone. I had an old phone for a long time, and, and my phone just didn't accept Facebook. Mm-hmm. All the ads and whatever were, were, were uh, conflicting with my phone. And, and I, I just couldn't see anything. Anytime I log in, like, I, I would get the information like, really late and, and delayed, installed, and, and the audio wouldn't have, uh, the, the, the little video clips, they wouldn't even load up. So, but now I have a, a new phone. Started get, getting back on Facebook just to kind of see what's going on. And I haven't missed anything, apparently. It's all the same crap. <laughs> it's all the same thing. It's all the same crap, yeah. Um, people I mean, sharing memes. People That's sharing memes and, and junk and uh, <laughs> political stuff. And, uh, yeah. So I haven't missed anything. Um, but the political conversations on Facebook, like, I think that really... that the, I think, what was it, last year was, like, the epitome of it. Like, yeah. Where, like, it just got so out of control. Everyone is everyone speaking out. Everyone is sharing news. It's yeah. And it's just shouting. And yeah. It's just shouting information out. It at makes each other. no sense, but that's what we do. <laughs> yeah, we don't see that on Instagram, do we? A little bit. I got a few people that yeah. get a little political on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, you do. What about you, Nia? I see it most on Facebook and Twitter, which I don't even really go to Twitter, oh, Twitter. like that oh, anymore. Yeah. But <laughs> right, Twitter got Twitter. ruined. Twitter got ruined yeah. by politics. Yeah. Yeah. When when you have when you. <laughs> I used to have people that would run from Facebook to Twitter to speak their minds because on Facebook they had their families, so on Twitter they will just tweet whatever right. craziness they wanted. Now it's not even. You cannot because everything is regulated. Everything you know. No, and Twitter. Twitter is so loaded with so many opinions and and so much. 
I don't know if they're fake accounts or whatever, but so much junk yeah. on Twitter that mm-hmm. it's almost like a waste of time. Like you feel like you're talking to a bunch of robots. Mm-hmm. That is true. And they, they yeah. might not they might not be automated things. They might be real people, but they sound like they're robots. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Twitter got ruined. I remember when Twitter was going to be the uh, the new way of people communicating and connecting and blah, blah, blah and sharing ideas. And it's garbage. And, and less than what? How many characters? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. It ruined it. It was 143 or something mm. like that. Yeah. Now it's more. <clears throat> All right, Nia. So let, uh, let's go back to your art with a little... We've got a few more minutes left on this conversation. But going back to your art, what's next for you? What are you, what are you trying to do next? Have any plans? Uh, projects? Well, there are two projects I want to work on, but I'm... Um, kind of deciding because <laughs> they're the deadline that's the thing with these art projects and these art shows it's like usually the deadline is really quick mm-hmm. and i don't necessarily have like a whole set of pieces that'll fit with a theme so that i end up having to paint things in a rush right. to make it for the deadline so you know there are two that are like at the end of the month that i'm gonna try and uh, submit for, but that means I need to get the painting. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's very different actually from writing because when you submit for writing, like when when you submit for an art show and you hear about it, you usually hear back within like a month about whether you're in and then within two months tops usually is when you're actually having the show. But with writing, you can submit something and you won't hear back for like three or four months. Oh, wow. And so a lot of places also don't want to have you publish something theirs and you're going to publish something somewhere else. So you always have to be constantly writing to have more pieces because you can't send it to like multiple places and then you have to back out if one of them accepts it. So you have to take it out from everybody else. Mm -hmm. So but then you're waiting for three or four months to find out if it was accepted. That's a long time. It's a lot of suspense. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. So, Nia, like if people wanted to see some of your writing, um, where could they find that? Uh, well, I'm in three anthologies that you can find on Amazon. They're the Abuela Stories Project. Okay. Mujeres and Magic, the Movement, the Muse. And Latinas Struggles and Protests in 21st Century USA. Okay. And, the, and these are um, their anthologies... Um, how many artists are part of this? Do you, do you know offhand? Um, each one varies. The Abuela Stories Project actually also contains photography. Oh, wow. the, it was inspired by uh, the person who put it together. She was inspired by her grandmother and her stories. And so she had a photo shoot with a number of grandmothers and then chose writers to write to those pictures. Nice. So some of them might be actually based on their stories. Some of them might be things that just were conjured up by the feeling of looking at the images. Nice. See, those are the kind of projects that I'm saying, like, that's when I hear Nia doing these projects, I'm like, that's that's what's up. Like, yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that. I guess we'll close this with, I guess, where can people find you? Just recap that for us. Uh, my website is Andino Styles. And I'm also on Instagram and Andino Styles. All right. And this art show is on for how long? This uh, art is revolution. It should be up for a month. I don't know the exact ending date, 
Okay. But they are open Monday and Wednesday from 6 to 10. Okay. And also Saturday from 12 to 4. But they said they're going to start having more hours available next week. And they're planning to put an online gallery on their website nice. so that people could see that too. Yeah, that's cool. That that's the event cool. was awesome because uh, the was that the opening? That was the opening. Right? Yeah, that was the opening. Yeah, the opening event was awesome. They had performers. Yeah, they had mm-hmm. uh, spoken word and yeah. Yeah, and they had uh, a guy that was doing dancers. Also. Dancers, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was pretty awesome. That yeah. was really cool. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. So you guys out there, go check out uh, Nia online, and also if you are in New York, check out the art show. You have a couple of more weeks left. Art is revolution. Um, Alright, thank you. Thank you. Well, you wanted me to teach you, right? Alright, Carla, hablando español, and this time we have a guest. We haven't had a guest for a while. Yeah. Yeah, you're gonna, you're in the hot seat now. Alright. What? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Carla, come on, let's give us some words. So the way okay. this works, Nia, is uh-huh. that Carla's gonna throw you some words. Right? She'll throw you a word, and then you just let us know if you try it in Spanish. If you don't know it, just say, don't know it, and then we'll tell you. And then you can repeat <laughs> okay. it. All right? Okay. Let's go. Okay. Um, the first one is actually two words, but, you know, you're going to get it when I say it. So it's interior design. How do you say interior design in wow. Spanish? Wow. It's a tough one. Wow. Diseño del interior. Yeah. yeah. There you go. All right. Off to a good start. Off to a good start. <laughs> I think we might have a winner. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. Um, how do you say joke? Joke? Yes. <sighs> I think they might be. Like chiste? Uh huh. Yeah, chiste. Yeah, chiste. Or broma. Broma. I was going to say this. Probably yes. multiple words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But chiste. Chiste. I was going to say chiste yeah. first. Yeah. Okay. Um, how do you say offensive? Oh. Offensive. <laughs> that sounds like a trick one. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that difficult. It's actually, it sounds similar. Yeah. I can give you a I hint. Know, it okay. sounds similar. Yeah. <laughs> Ofensiva. Uh, yeah, yeah, almost. Ofensivo. Mm-hmm. Ofensivo. Mm-hmm. So, um... But it can be offensiva if you're saying that something is offensive. Like, es una, depending on what the subject is, that's so, Yeah, the subject, yeah. Un, mm-hmm. un comentario ofensivo, yeah, pero yeah. una... Because I'm a feminist, you know, I use it. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta add the A everywhere. <laughs> so, so, Carla, give me an example of how would you use ofensiva. Una broma ofensiva. ofensiva exactly, mm-hmm. there you go. So, a yeah. broma would be ofensiva. Yeah. It right. depends where, how you're going to say What's it. next, Carla? Okay, next one is politically. Wait, I didn't hear what you said. Politically. Politically? Or politically? See, now I'm... Or political. Oh. Okay, so let's say, okay, let's use political. Political? That one I don't know. All right. So it sounds very similar. It's one of those that it's just ma- masculine or feminine. I'll give you a hint. <laughs> yeah. All right, Carla, go ahead. So it's a uh, politico. Politico. Yes. All right. So political is politico. Politico. All right. What's the next one? Okay. The next one is confusion. Oh. How do you say confusion? <laughs> <laughs> Conf- confundido. 
confundido. Confundido is to, to, be, to be confused. Okay, so that's yeah. good. All right, so confusion is confusión. Yes. So confusión is confusión. Confundido is to be confused. To be confused. All right, good. Mm -hmm. All right, we got another yes. one here. And then the last one I have yes. is uh, protest. How do you say protest? Protest. Protest. <laughs> See, here in Hablando Español, we learn English I learned, exactly. <laughs> I learned and you learn. Everybody learns. <laughs> All right, so protest. How do you say protest? Protest? Hmm. I don't use these war words, so... <laughs> 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 protest. Mm. I don't know. Protest is a uh, pr protesto. Protesta. Protesta. Mm -hmm. Protesta. All right. Okay. Yes. Protest is protesta. Yes. All right. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw a few words at you that you should know that are that <laughs> that you should know because, <laughs> because it's it's about what you do. So uh, let's go with painter. How do you say painter? Pintor. Pintor. All right, yes. you guys. Yeah, I knew, I knew you'd know that. Uh, how, do you, how do you say writer? Escribidor. Almost. Escritor. Ah, yes. Escritor, escritor. All right. Escritor. Uh, escritor. So then, um, how do you say uh, poet? Poeta. That when you knew. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So you had, uh, this is an easy one. The name of your piece, well, the name of the show is Art is Revolution. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do you say Art is Revolution in Spanish? Arte es Revolución. Yep, very yeah. good. Nia, Nia's on it, Nia's on yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, how do you say, uh, well, this is a little, a little more, Tricky. a little trickier. Uh, so you were working <laughs> mi mixed media. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if we have, I don't know if we have that at the tip of our tongue, right? No. I think it's the same way. Mic yeah? Yeah. All right, Nia, do you know what mixed medium? How to say that in Spanish? Uh, She's Googling. <laughs> I thought she was Google searching because Carla is. <laughs> Carla's Google searching right now. What, 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 do you, what was your guess? Go ahead. Something like medio de mezcla or something like that. That's actually, that's probably my guess. That would be my guess, yeah. Medio, medio de mezcla. Oh, medio mix, mezcla? No, tiene que ser como like, um, oh, well, this said here, this one makes sense, uh, multimedia. Multimedia. Pero no sé si esto es en... Multimedia. 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 Sounds like a lot of socks, is what that sounds like. Multimedia. Mucho media. Multimedia sounds like I have a lot of socks. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Nia, for playing along. I appreciate it. That was the last one. Yes. I Thank you. I learned a lot of Spanish right now. I learned yeah. a lot of English. <laughs> another episode in the bag that is right how do you feel i'm great how are you i am a little under the weather i think you guys can hear it in our voices uh, we are both yeah the uh, 
the cold weather's kicking our asses here in New York. Yeah. Um, but uh, next episode, we'll be back again. We'll be, I think we're going to keep talking this art talk, uh, this museum talk. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm going to talk about the, uh, I think next I'm going to talk about the Frick collection. And uh, Carla? We're going to be talking about some cultural, musical, society stuff, you know, the good stuff. <laughs>